John Panos, John McGrath, Troy Malcolm. Welcome to another episode of the Million Dollar Agent. Exciting, exciting time. That I'm excited. Lot of, that, that was a lot of energy. You, you, you know what? Uh, because week, last week we talked about, are you spectacular? I yeah. reckon Tom's actually starting to live this whole new spectacularness. Well, I've got to say to you, Susan Zeng said to me, Tom, why don't you listen to about 15 different podcasts the way that they open up their podcast <laughs> and have a look and see, are they saying anything better? And I said to Susan, Susan, are you suggesting I need to fine tune or is this just research and development? She says, oh, no, no, don't take it personally. <laughs> right? I was like, this is a performance so, review. So, oh, oh, so do we assume that Susan does not like your introduction? I don't, I, no, she, she hasn't. She has not said that. But let's put Susan aside for a moment. I'd like to ask you guys. I, this, is, this is close to 190 podcasts? Yeah, we're coming right up to 190 now. Troy, yeah. is there a person that could actually introduce those first 10 seconds in a better way than me. If, if, if you think I'm prepared to accept criticism, I'd like to find out more why. But hey, are you <laughs> saying someone else or are you saying can you do it better? I'm, I'm open to suggestions. I mean, look, I mean, there's not much else I can really say, guys, here. Right? I'm welcoming people. Well, hey, that's, a, that's a mooring line. There's not much more. You can say whatever you like, Tom. Yeah. Let's not restrict it to... And that. I was going to say, you, there's not much competition because the so, only one that's ever introduced this podcast apart from you well, is let's me. Let's do some crowdsourcing, Troy, because you're good with this stuff. Will, will anyone that has a better suggestion on what Tom could say or how he could say it, go to uh, Tom's website and maybe... Which is moderated by Tom. <laughs> <laughs> the section where there's some comments or suggestions, perhaps. Anyway, it's been a busy week. It's been a busy week. It's been a okay. huge week. I, 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 I know that you want to talk today, Tom... Um, in the time we've got, talking about what we often call set-to-sell meetings. So yeah. we'll talk about that. But just a few things came to mind that I jotted down some notes, Troy, as we're going through. I was, I was doing some coaching the other day, and I was just saying to someone, it's not about doing more, it's about being more. And as I was saying it, I thought, well, that, that probably we should share that on, on MDA. And some people might have heard me say this and others not. But... Yeah, some people are already, they're working 60 hours, they're making two hours a day prospecting, blah, 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 and they're achieving X and they want to achieve 5X. And, and the negative dialogue or mooring line that comes from that is, well, hang on, I can't prospect more than this, I can't work any extra hours. It's not about doing more. Usually, by the way, some people are not prospecting and they're not doing opens and they're not doing the stuff that does attract success. But I'm assuming that most of our listeners by now on this podcast have a pretty good success system to some degree. It's about being more. So who are you at the Open for Inspection? Mm. Are you, as we spoke about last week after the Tom Ferry um, podcast, are you ferociously focused or not? Are you a black belt when it comes to connecting and building rapport or not? Or are you someone that arrives and you're kind of just another agent and another face in the crowd? Or are you someone that actually connects spectacularly well with people? Um, do you have, again, we spoke last week about, you know, a, a, a magnificent way of dealing with your systems and scaling your business up? Because a lot of what we talk about, Tom, is scaling up. How do I get from one sale to ten? Well, it's about scaling up. It's about handling more business, changing your systems, changing your ways, um, rebalancing your priorities. Um, sometimes it's doing less, not doing more. But it's almost always about doing it better. Mm. And the thing I love about doing more 
by definition, there is a, a bandwidth that you can't... I mean, for a start, there's 24 hours in a day. So you can't do more than 24 hours. You take off sleep and meals and stuff. So you've got a certain amount of time. Whereas being more, it's unlimited. For the rest of our lives, we can be better, more loving, more caring, better at connecting, all the kind of things that make you a good person and, of course, a good real estate agent you can continue to a point where one day you'll dive and you've, you've still haven't maximised your potential. So, yeah, I thought that was kind of, that so, was kind so, of good. So, John, to the, so there's a 90% of agents, roughly, are probably working 50, 60 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying there is maybe don't feel like you're not, um, you should be uh, working harder. Maybe you've got to raise your level by two, three points on a number of things that you've gone there. Yeah. And um, we're not, you're not asking them to actually go work an extra 10, 15, 20 hours. Or you're not, uh, you're, what you're saying there, John, to me is, are you being the best version of Correct. a practitioner in this industry? And, and I often use the word vibration, which some people sounds a bit hippie-ish and woo-woo-woo-woo, but it's about what is vibration. And, the, and there's a young guy that I'm about to coach out there, he's just in the next room, and just I ducked out to get some waters before, and I watched him on the phone. He was doing some prospecting, which is good. But I noticed, and, and by the way, very good agent, going to be an extremely good agent. But I, I noticed there was a bit of going through the motions in terms of body language, dialogue, energy. So what I'm going to say to him, and, and I'm not sure if he's picked it up. I, I'm sure he hasn't. And I'm going to give him my observation and just say, you know, and because it, it, it was, it's often accentuated when you've recently been exposed to someone like a Tom Ferry. And yeah. last week when we listened to Tom Ferry, 30 years later, the guy is still at a 12 out of 10 when it comes to energy and passion and so forth. And so that's kind of heightened my sensitivity around all of that, my own and those people around me about the importance of all these things. So yeah, it, it's about, you know, what is your vibration? What is your energy? What is your intent? And it can always... Be more. Um, so I thought that was good. The other one I read recently, and it said, "Are you? Is it possible that you're succeeding by accident?" And it went on to say, "Do you have a plan for amazing success?" The answer is most people actually don't. Most people start a business with a plan. They start their own business, but at some point they don't evolve it. They put it in the bottom drawer. They don't look at it. They don't grow it. And and yet some people are still successful. So to me, that doesn't mean you don't need a plan for success. Although, by definition, it probably does say that. But it, what it means for me is you need to keep regrowing, rebuilding, redesigning your plan to the next level because it's quite possible that even without a business plan, you're doing okay. question is, what could you be doing with an amazing business plan? And again, if you haven't gone last week following our podcast last week and, and, and watched that 30 minutes that Tom did with Tom, please go onto it. Or if you have, go back onto it again because it talked about you know the systems of champions. And, you know, 89-point checklist. And you talked about Adam Josty's 71-point checklist of what we're going to do. And, we... and a lot of listeners out there haven't got that. Yeah. And they should have that. Every time you hear a good idea, write it down, put it into action and start doing it this afternoon. So I thought they were, they were just some really good things that came. Anything come for you this week, Troy, that you want to share with our listeners? Um, yeah. Last week I went up and visited our Coffs Harbour Sawtell offices, Martin mm. Wells and the team mm. there. And I tell you what, for a, a regional market, the dynamics of that market in real estate, the professionalism, the the way that they conduct themselves and the entire market, the maturity of that market, I think is is really on a fast growth. One of the things that I did see was 
they're going to the next level with open for inspection experiences, right? Okay. So they're seeing that as a major point of difference. So what does that look like, next level? Well, they're having multiple people there. They're, they're giving extra value. And I think we spoke about experience in service economy. last week. And, you know, waters and icy poles and lolly, like little gestures that make a huge <sighs> difference on the way out of the property. So never on the way in, they're doing it on the way out. But all that kind of stuff to me was just one of those things that was like, tick, 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 I'm walking away from that open for inspection, that interaction with a smile on my face. So a little thing, an icy pole, you know, whether it's for the kids or adults or everyone, it's kind of like a point of difference, right? Yeah. And we, we spoke last week about are you standing out, are you spectacular? You've got to stand out to win out. I think it's just such a busy world now that if you, if, if you don't... Um, John, we've got about 10 minutes yep. left on this podcast. Due to demand, at the moment... Various parts of Australia, um, real estate agents are finding it difficult to get vendors and buyers to meet. One of the things that you have been ferocious and focused in your career as a real estate agent was that you never wanted to have uh, your vendors left with surprises over the four or five weeks um, after you listed a property. So you termed uh, a phrase called setting it up to sell. Set to sell meetings. Set to sell meetings. Now, what I want to dig deep in, what is it? When do you actually have that meeting and what's discussed in that meeting and why do you think it's important in this current environment? Yes, so some people call them expectations meetings or set to sell. So basically, uh, the proposition is one of the core and key skills being successful in real estate is managing expectations. Buyer and seller. Now, generation ago, people used to say conditioning people. That's not what I'm talking about. It's about managing expectations with integrity and quality because we're building relationships for life. And we're not just doing a transaction, we're building relationships for life. So everyone goes into, you, know, you think about it, our job is to, to get a, a, a seller who wants an absolute premium and a buyer that wants to buy for a bargain, we need to kind of somehow get them into a negotiation space and, and conclude the transaction whilst obviously working for the seller. So managing it, the, uh, the other proposition I have is most properties are sold at the listing. The way you set it up, Troy, and you, the way you have the vendor. So what's a bad way to set it up? Discount your commission, agree to everything they ask for and, and don't tell them much more and get on and start selling it. Like that's one end of the scale. What we're going to talk about a little bit today in the next next few minutes is going to be well, what, what's the other end, John? What's the what's the alternative to that? So the alternative to that is you don't overpromise, but you still show your enthusiasm and you allow the highest level of optimism available. You don't want to take away. You talk to them about taking away people's dreams. You don't want to take away someone's dream because guess what? We might manifest that. We might get them some super uber premium that they didn't expect and we probably didn't expect based on last sales. So set to sell meeting is where we, we've now listed the property and I think it's, it's important to do it after the listing, which could be immediately after Troy or it yeah. could be a day or two after, but it's before the bulk of the selling starts happening. So let's assume that I've just listed your home, Tom. I would then have an agenda and I'd say, Tom, if you've got a few more minutes now, what's really important for me to make sure we maximise the experience and get you the best result is that I take you through what are the likely scenarios to happen from from here on in. Because if we kind of know what's going to happen, including some of the things that may go wrong, we're in a much better position to make sure we have a great experience together and I get the best result possible for you. 
And people say, wow, sounds exactly what I need. Now, you think most agents, they sign it up and then they leave and then they start showing people and then they start getting offers or they don't start getting offers. And, and who knows what questions a vendor might have had or what the vendor was thinking if you haven't given them a roadmap. So in, in a way that the expectations meeting is to give them the roadmap in, in more detail, but also point out where the potholes are. So you know, one of the things, Tom, I'll give you an example of that. Tom, moving forward is, you know, you've said you'd like to get the home sold in the next 60 days, and I've kind of expressed to you, I think it's, in an ideal sense, it'd be great to get it sold in the next 30 days, because that's generally where the premium price occurs. Um, so that's my goal, is to get it set and sold within that time frame for a premium. However, whether it gets sold to the first buyer or in three or four or six weeks, none of us know yet. So I want to talk you through what's going to happen if, if the first person that comes through, we get an offer. Let me talk you through that scenario. Um, and then, because often, the first buyer can be the best buyer, and if I've sold the concept of going to auction and creating competition and how that's exciting, and I haven't had a conversation that said, you know, we're still going to go down that road, but guess what? In my experience, sometimes a person that first walks through that just wants to get it done with and finished, and they go home and they think, well, I'm going to pay an Uber premium so they don't go to auction, that often is the best. And so every agent listening with me, uh, with us here, is nodding their head saying, I know I've often had the best offer the first inspection and I go to auction a month later and pass it in or get a lower figure. Similar to that, John, you may get contracts taken left, right and centre throughout the course of the campaign. And then when it comes time to auction, the drop-off rate of those contract holders to registrations and registrations to bidders can be sometimes up to 50%, even higher in most circumstances. And that's what we've seen in the metropolitan market. So you've got to play out that scenario as well because it's easy for agents to say to Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, the campaign's going amazing, we've got 10 contract holders. Mm -hmm. But the likelihood of those contract holders coming to auction, they might find another property. Yeah. There might be a property that comes on in the, in the coming weeks that shows greater value. So I think you need to have exactly. that conversation up front and really open that line of communication with the vendor. Because when you sign in the documentation, when you sign in the agency agreement, you're going through the listing process, the conversation may not come up. Or they'll be so focused on signing the documentation that they won't think to ask these key questions. That's why it's always good to do it immediately after, if you can, yeah. or a day or two. And, and it's, 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 it wouldn't be appropriate to go through the sort of agenda items on a set-to-sell meeting before you've listed it, because that's a discussion between you and the agent you've chosen. Yeah. Um, and, and I even, Tom, go into things like, you know, in every sale, there's, there's a lot of moving parts. There's a lot of photographs that have got to be taken, there's floor plans got to be taken, there's open for inspections, there's buyers that don't turn up or they turn up 20 minutes late, a whole range of things. So I try and cover what would generally be the kind of most important ones. Can, can, can we run through some, through some of those? So we've talked about, you know, well, an early quick, early quick sale is, I mean, there's, I think every time someone gets an offer in the first four days, they always say it's only just been on the market for a few days, right? Yep. So we clearly know there's vendors think if we're getting this now, we must get more later. And what you're saying is nip that in the bud because we all know in this room and every agent listening to us, you sometimes never get an offer at that level again. And actually having an event or rejecting an offer early on can actually sabotage a sale. For, and it's, and it's yeah. no point finding that out three weeks after the offer. You kind of have to be ready. So, it, it, you know, you do need to be strategic and, and consultative 
Is that a list, Troy? So you uh, yeah, so, list, so I've got an agenda list that we can quickly go through. One so of those key, key sections was yeah. obviously offers. So if we do get an offer in the first week, what's that look like? Um, right at the top of the program, we always talk about the communication. Well, the other thing, Troy, just on that. Yeah. Um, I, I'd be explaining, Tom, yes, we're going to get offers at where people see the value. That doesn't mean you'll always like the offer. But I'm obliged legally and I think ethically, it's important that you hear what people are saying about the property. So you can form a balanced opinion um, of when, it, when it, the right offer does come in, yeah. you need to have a balanced opinion around that. So um, I find that my clients like me to share with them all the commentary about the property because some agents like to share just the sugar-coated stuff. And I find that that actually puts you at a disadvantage because you need to have a balanced view. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, 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 John, the way you explain it, I'd like you to know all the commentary. I think he's giving you permission to not be shot down as the messenger if you've ever given them a number because you've actually sort of pre-warned them that there are going to be times when that number you're going to hear is not going to be a number you like. Yeah. Exactly right. And, and Troy, even, because I want to hear a few more things on your list in a second, but even just letting the vendor know that there's a high likelihood that something will go wrong during the sale. It's not my intention, it's not my plan, but something may go wrong because there are a lot of moving parts. Tom, all I'm going to ask you to do is if at any point you either feel in the dark or you're frustrated that something hasn't gone according to your expectation, pick up the phone and ring me or text me and let's have a conversation and nip it in the bud because there are a lot of things and I'm here to form a lifelong relationship with you and I'm committed to getting you a premium price and in the world of real estate, stuff happens out there. And John, and it does. There are times that a word is wrong in an advert, they tolerate it and then four weeks later, when the result might not go perfect... We're past the auction, it's right? The word, it's the word that didn't sell the campaign. It's something <laughs> yeah, that's discussed no, at dinner, it's discussed with friends, and then they sort of say, listen, to be quite honest with you, we weren't happy with that. But what you're saying is, let them know if there is an issue. I want to be honoured ASAP. Yeah. Troisy, what, what have you got other, other points there? Yeah, so I'll, put this, I'll send this to you, Tom, so you can Perfect. put it on your site, because it covers off so a couple of questions. So this is a set-to-sell agenda. Agenda. So talking points and also key agenda items. So communication. How, when, how frequent am I going to be in contact with you? Right. And, say, and on that regard, Troy, I would under-promise and over-deliver. I'm not a great... I, I used to speak to my clients at least once a day. Sometimes three times. But I wouldn't say that because you say I'm going to call you daily and something happens and you don't get to them one day, then all of a sudden, well, why hasn't John called me? Is there a problem? Is he getting slack? So I would talk about the need for frequent communication. Yep. That's a, also, Troy, inspections are important because a lot of people don't, don't realise that a buyer is going to be more candid with you about what are their concerns about the property if the vendor's not there. Yeah. A lot of vendors, you know, oh, someone's coming over to see the property in 10 minutes. Oh, we'll, take it. we'll just be in the background. We'll hang out on the balcony. And as an agent, you know that's not a good thing. Why isn't it a good thing? Because you actually want the buyer to express any concerns they have so you can put it on the mat and look at it and discuss it openly. If they kind of stuff that inside and suppress it and they walk away and they didn't have a chance to air that with you, one is you may never know it was a concern and two is therefore you can't help them um, overcome that issue or objection. 
So talk about the importance of, uh, of inspections and, and privacy and um, you know, not having the vendor there and explain that to them. Yeah. And talk which about is open, of, open commentary. Talk about frequency of communication. Sorry, Troy. And, and it was exactly the next agenda is talking about the open for inspection process. How often, when, what time, what day, what's my follow-up with buyers, yeah. right? So their expectation is not kind of set. Listen, I'll speak to every single buyer the day following the midweek open for inspection and the Saturday afternoon after the Saturday open for inspection. If that's not met, you know, sometimes the vendors can be upset by that. Yeah. But Troy, even open private viewings. Um, Tom, when do you think is the best time? You know the neighbourhood, you know the property. You know, there could be school pick-up time around the corner that has a... Now, you're not saying you want to deceive buyers. What you're saying, you always want to present the home in its best light. Yeah, So is there a time of day from a sunlight point of view, from an activity point of view, from your personal point of view? Perhaps you work shift, shift, uh, shifts at night or your daughter or son works shifts at night or are studying late for the HSC and you don't want appointments before 11am. Let's have that discussion rather than when it comes up. So, you know, yes, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll uh, post this on Tom's website, but... Yeah, having a list of things, and it doesn't have to be 50 points, you know, there could be six or seven key things to talk about. Yeah, and, and what I'm going to send you, Tom, is exactly that. Key agenda items and then a couple of talking points underneath. The next one is about marketing. So when will the signboard be installed? When will the DLs um, start appearing in the neighbourhood? When will their first ad appear in the local publication? When will we go live on REA and domain.com and those types of websites, the portal websites? Um, part of that is also offers. What do offers look like? What's our pricing strategy? Where are we going to position it in the market? Uh, in the market? Since listing the property, Mr. and Mrs. Vendor, there may have been another three competing properties that have come onto the market that are going to have the same buyer pool going to those open for inspections. That may affect when you're doing the open for inspections. Uh, the buyer interest. So when are we going to talk about the buyers and what are the best indicators of parties that are interested in the property? Is it multiple inspections? Are they taking contracts? Um, are they wanting to see the property in a private inspection environment? Those types of things are really good talking points so the vendor starts to understand the process because the process allows them to make a decision whether it's a premium result or not. Yeah, yeah, no, okay. I think that's so, a good point. So, so, um, and the reason we brought this up right now is that um, over the last two, three years, the reality is that you could probably sell a property without having a great set to sell meeting, without actually doing too much more yep. apart from showing up, putting the keys in the door. But this marketplace is punishing people that do things poorly. So, I want to uh, thank you, gentlemen, again on uh, another great. Uh, session of Million Dollar Agent, I commit to once again uh, fine-tuning my craft of opening up this podcast. <laughs> I'm committed to listening to five podcasts. Uh, I think uh, I next... liked it better before. <laughs> I can't uh, believe Susan had that conversation with Yes, you. unbelievable. <laughs> um, so, gentlemen, I want to thank our sponsors, realestate.com.au, who continue to be the portal that connect more buyers and sellers in Australia than any other portal. I want to thank you and I look forward to seeing you next week. A big reminder for those that haven't actually bought their Arab ticket, we're now six weeks away. Uh, yeah, just under, just under. Yeah, just under yeah. six weeks. Okay, well, that's, that's uh, okay. That's uh, where basically at the time where airlines decide that they can start moving their ticket prices. You, usually I notice with airlines, Johnny, 
that there comes a time where you just notice they all go up because they realise they've got X amount of seats. Well, I think they can probably get to the Gold Coast from anywhere in Australia now for about 150 bucks. It's yeah. it's quite extraordinary. Talking get, get organised, it's like we talk all about having systems checklist in all your life. You know, get organised, get your flights booked and, and think about adding a day or two up there with your spouse or family or just by yourself where you can really focus on reinventing because Eric has become... A, a line in the sand and a trigger for a lot of people to kind of restart their business each year with fresh thinking, fresh ideas. So, so that'll be good. We'll see everyone there, but we'll talk to you many times between now and then. See you guys. See you guys. See you guys.